This is the second hour, and I'm delighted to have one of my favorite people on the planet, the good Reverend Rosella Hughes. She is the executive director of the Prosperity Foundation, and she's here to talk about Black Philanthropy Month in August. Hello, girl. Hey, girl. Thank you, Babs. It's always a blessing to be in your presence and to just be in your aura. You just exude and give off so much great energy. So thank you. Thank you, girl. Thank you. Thank you. So it is August. It is Black Philanthropy Month. It's where uh, we remind people in the world that Black people do give. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. I um, I love Black Philanthropy Month. I will have to admit that I've only been celebrating Black Philanthropy Month for the past 10 years. Um, and it has actually been in existence officially for almost 12 years. But as we know, Black people have been philanthropists um, since we were born. Um, we, yes. were, we were philanthropists in Africa. And uh, even when we were brought over uh, to these United States, we remained philanthropic in our communities. Um, and so we honor, uh, August is earmarked to honor all of that giving um, because it's time that we shift that conversation to, you know, what does giving mean? And what does it mean in respects to Black philanthropy? Because we always see philanthropy and think old white men at a table that are making decisions. And, you know, philanthropy starts in our homes, in our churches. So the board table is not necessarily always a corporate board table. We have to start thinking about how does my family impact philanthropy? How does my church, my organization, um, and how can we as the collective continue in that same spirit and build upon it so that generations behind us can continue in that growth. I love it. I love it. So uh, I know, because I've been reading up on this, that historically foundations, white foundations have underfunded Black communities um, at, a, at a ridiculous uh, uh, level. And, uh, uh, and I think Black foundations um, can help stem the tide on some way. Um, to, yes. to get much necessary money into our communities to do the things that we say are important to us to create thriving communities. Absolutely. Yes. That, okay. That's a great segue into why the Prosperity Foundation was started. Um, we saw the immediate need because Black nonprofits, at least in the state of Connecticut, were, like you said, underfunded and undersupported. So in addition to the funding for their programs not being able to uh, be funded necessarily the way it needed to be, the capacity to run them. We have so many great ideas 
Um, however, that one idea is usually staffed by one person, run mm-hmm. by one person. So we have all these great things that are happening, but the capacity and the resources we were lacking in. So when the Prosperity Foundation started and uh, immediately recognized that need, we did reach out to partners of larger white community foundations throughout Connecticut. Um, And so we've partnered and we have been in great relationship with um, the Graustein Memorial Fund, uh, the Community Foundation of New Haven, and most recently in a major support, which is the Community Foundation of Hartford, uh, which they understand that there's a reach that they can't have, that they just, they cannot be the Black voice for some things. Yes. Right. Now, and that's a good point, Orsilla. And and I think that's what I want these community foundations to understand, that, you know, they cannot be our voice. What they can do is fund the voices in our community to the tune that they fund other things, but Mm -hmm. they cannot speak for us. Right. And to that measure, not only fund, but then give us access to how that funding trickulates down into our communities. Reverend Dr. Tracy Blackman, amazing activist. Um, yes. And yeah, you know her. I know you know her. I do. <laughs> she just spoke at a conference I attended last week and she opened it like this. Charity is giving someone a fish. Justice is giving them access to the lake. What? 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 Oh, somebody. What? <laughs> so it isn't enough to just give me the funding, but give me the access to the whole pot, to the whole pool of funding, because I have ABC Black boy and Black girl who need that access, but because maybe they don't have a 501c3, or maybe they don't have a board, they don't qualify to apply for some of the granting that the larger community foundations require. But coming talking to the Prosperity Foundation, We've already established the 501c3. We are creating the bridge between you and the larger foundation so that when the pool, like the, like in Bible that says when the pool is stirred, we know how to get up from that portico, pick up our mat, and go get the money to the places where it's needed. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So how old is the, the Prosperity Foundation? We are now officially seven years old. Seven. Oh. Yes, uh, seven years old and 22. It's 2022. I know. Now, we started in 2009 as just a component fund, uh, raising money like yours, a a donor-advised fund. Um, And then immediately we realized as a donor-advised fund, we still didn't have ownership, ownership of the story, ownership of the resources. And so that's why it was important for us to branch off from a donor-advised fund giving scholarships and awards to actually become a, a community foundation in Connecticut that has a larger impact. That means that we have a say-so in how the money is spent. Even though we have donors, the donors don't have a say-so in how we support the initiatives in, in our communities. And that was important to us. And that's why we're only one of three Black-owned and operated community foundations in the nation. Are you kidding me? Kid you not. There's the Poise Foundation. Three. Three Black owned and operated community foundations in the nation. There's the Penny Foundation in Birmingham, Alabama, and the Poise Foundation in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And then there's the Prosperity Foundation in New Haven, Connecticut. PPP. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. 
and we all share the same joys and pains, successes and trials that that we all feel with the lack of access to the lake, uh, with even telling the story within our own community. Like, like Babs, it always amazes me how I can say something about Black philanthropy and I'll get, you know, a little pity pat from our Black community. But now a white community can mention Black philanthropy or, a, you know, moves for the Black community or Black philanthropy. And it's it's received by so many people. Like, it's great. Because you know what? I don't think we have a real understanding or awareness of the magnitude of what that means. Because right. we are not used to, I don't, I don't want to speak for, I don't, I don't like to say we're not used to, but I don't think, um, we never think of of, of, a, of a Black community foundation. We're just not thinking of it. No. Because we, we, we never had the experience of it. Right. Hence, there only being three. Yeah. <laughs> because, because it is a story and it is a, <laughs> it is a pitch that's hard to get our communities. And I don't mean just black communities. It's hard for white communities, Spanish communities to realize that, okay, black philanthropy isn't just charity work. It's not just giving, but this is a community foundation that understands the needs within their communities. We have a cultural competence that no other foundation can bring. We, we understand what it feels like to apply and wait for probably a denial. We, we understand what that feels like. And to know that, that's what makes applying with us a little easier because you understand when you look at us that I look like you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how many, how many, um, uh, how many organizations are under your under the prosperity uh foundation so donor advised funds we have and i double i probably have to double check this but we have 25 donor advised funds these are people like yourself who want a legacy beyond their life and they have you have decided that a donor advised fund so that you can continue to make an impact in your communities. Our donor advised funds are scholarship funds. Um, they are restricted funds or unrestricted funds. They are also funds that um, are directed by the owner of the fund um, that sometimes some people will just say, I only want this fund, th- this award to go to students at uh, James Hill House High School who are majoring in this field of work. You have a fund that's, you know, specific towards uh, women seeking justice for women when they come out of prison. So you and among the other 24 donor advised funds are those individuals who have decided beyond my life, what is my story? What is my legacy? And the great thing about your fund is that it's going to hit the community where you live. Mm. That's That's, that's what I want. Right. That's what's more important right there. And I get it that, you know, giving towards, you know, um, the larger cancer societies and this, that big organization. I get it that that's people will always be attracted to that. But will that effort hit the community where you live? Will it hit the people that look like you? Because we've always had we've always been on the back end of receiving the support. Yes, when you open a donor advised fund with the Prosperity Foundation, we make sure that it hits exactly where you say you want it to go. You direct the Prosperity Foundation, and that's the beauty of ownership of your fund. 
I love, I love that. And I will say this, because I, I, I was like, like a lot of other people, I never thought that I could be a philanthropist. And you, you are. Know, when I think of philanthropist, I think the Gates and and Oprah, and I'm no, I'm, I'm nowhere near that. I don't have that kind of money. But you don't have to have that kind of money to make a a, a, a effort and to to set up your own um, a, a donor advised fund. Yeah, because your, your heart, your heart will easy. Mm-hmm. Your heart will lead your direction of your purpose, and. You are an ex- you are an exciting and great example of that. You knew very little about the community foundation, the Prosperity <laughs> Foundation. You knew very little about raising money in an endowment, but you knew what you wanted to do. Your purpose was driving you, and I couldn't believe how fast your fund was growing. We started well, like as a builder fund. Yes. And- <laughs> Just thinking, oh, okay. And I kept saying, well, Babs, it takes a while to raise, you know, their first $5,000. You did it in like, you know, what was it, two months? <laughs> and now now your fund is, is has grown. And I just, I, I won't dare, you know, tell anyone what you've raised, but that's that's your business. No, I think it's like $11,000. It's $11,000 and your fund right. is only a year old. $11,000. What? Right. And this is... And, and what I, I love watching your fund because you have recurring givers that, I mean, understanding that, that power, someone believes in your initiative forever. They're, they decide to be a recurring donor. That's what we need. When we talk about black philanthropy, we need recurring believers. We need recurring givers. If I can believe every day, I'll give every day. I'll mm-hmm. give every moment. And this space of, of with the Prosperity Foundation really just separates us out of the big pools, like on the big giving days. We have Black philanthropy month. Like, hey, we're concentrating on giving Black in August. Yes, give Black. I mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, I mean, and 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 people around the country are celebrating Black Philanthropy Month. Yes, you know, people are all uh, in all sort of foundation ways. Um, are supporting and reaching out to the black community. Um, so when you're out there, Orsella, um, and you're talking about this in our communities, what what's it like? Like, what's the response like? Slow. <laughs> I'll just be very <laughs> honest. Again, to my point earlier, um, the reason why there are only three in the nation is because it's it's still a story that's hard to imagine that we're doing this and it's local. It's right here in Connecticut. Um, you know, to your point about it always looking like uh, a Bill Gates or an Oprah or someone with millions of dollars, we have forgotten the philanthropy of the heart and how the heart gives before the money gives. You believe mm. the story before you pull out your wallet. And so it's about the Prosperity Foundation continuously telling the story. I don't walk very far without talking to someone about the Prosperity Foundation. Someone says, oh, I hear that you, can you tell me more about TPF? Pull up a chair. I, I love telling how <laughs> This it, is the how, truth. This right, is the God's honest the truth. Because <laughs> I, I had no idea. And I was like, girl, I don't, what? We, I, I, I want to do something. I, and I got inspired because I saw you speak about it and in that moment you maybe believe that I could do it yes yes that's what it's all about it, it's about telling and but that's how all these foundations 
started by just telling someone, I believe in you. And guess what? Somebody else believes in your story as well. We have grown from being a donor advised fund into an independent 501c3 community foundation because people believed in us. We had the community foundations of Hartford, New Haven, the Graustein uh, Memorial Fund, Tito's Vodka, the Nellie May Foundation. They all believed in us. Yes, I slid in that Tito's was definitely about, was one well, of now our. I got to go buy some. Now well, to now buy I got to support right? them. <laughs> Right. And they were slated to uh, be one of our sponsors for an event when COVID hit. So uh, we are reengaging with them to see what we can do now that everyone's back in person. But it but it takes you tugging at someone's heart. And that's what I, I try to do through our newsletter, through our social media and through small conversations. I even have it in our newsletter. Talk to me about starting a fund. Talk to me about what legacy building is in your community. And it does not take millions of dollars. I started our uh, donor advice fund at my, for- my former church with $500. Mm. Churches with an endowment in the Black community does not always happen, but we, we can make it happen when we start talking about it. I think that's a good idea because you, we got a, you've got a panel coming up on uh next next wednesday right celebrate black uh philanthropy month and you've got um three or four very different um funds who are going to talk about what this means to them and why they're doing it Uh, Mm -hmm. talk about the diversity of the folks that put their trust and money with y'all um not the panel you mean right just just in just general. in general right okay you're right it comes from we have one called the spirit of hartford that individual decided that he wanted to start a fund to bring up the spirit of hartford in the black community because you know the stories on the news all we want to see are the shootings all we want to see are the closed businesses and his his donor advice fund is all about uplifting the spirit of hartford educational funds we have that that's like the majority of all of our donor advice funds someone from nursing to engineering to stem research um to let me think of that top of my head um uh agriculture they they're all different the point is everyone has a story mm-hmm. if you have a story you have a legacy you have legacies because you want to leave something behind for somebody that follows you, even if you've never met them yet. And someone like myself, if you don't have children, this is your story. This is your legacy. What will what will people remember you by? And that's why people have decided to um, forego, you know, other means of remembering them and deciding to opening up a donor advice fund. And I love seeing new ideas. In fact, if you have a conversation with me and I know that you're a fisherman, I'm going to talk to you about, hey, <laughs> how about we talk about donor advice fund to teach our kids how to, you know, this, that, I will find a reason why you need a donor advice fund because there's always a reason in our community why we need it. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. remember, before the 80s, I'll say before the 80s, even during the 70s, everything we did was in the Black community. Yeah. We, didn't go, we didn't go to Cascade. We didn't, right. have, we didn't have things at Aria. Yeah. Everything was at the Elks Club, the <laughs> Center, the, the basement of our church. We, and we've removed all of that from our communities uh, for, for various reasons. 
But imagine if we had, as the collective, had kept our resources right in our communities. There's a, there's a reason why, there's a donor, there's a reason to have a donor advice fund for everything. Yeah. 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 I love it. I love it. I love it. And, uh, and I, and there, there's a, there's an a, a education component to this. Cause as you talk to people, Orsella, you are educating them about, um, legacy and, and long-term giving and, and all those things that I think people probably know organically, but don't know in reality, like how to, how to think about that. I mean, people know how to tithe. Right, they know how to time. Do they? Okay. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> All right, Lord, let me let me stay in the waters. I know, but, okay. even, but at least they. they yeah, it's that, not I know unfamiliar. What you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> it's not whether they do it or not. Is that it, it? Ain't like they ain't never heard it, right? But this kind of legacy building and this kind of giving is a bit foreign, right? And I'm glad you mentioned that about about tithing tithing is philanthropic you believe in your church and that's why you give to your church you believe in god and you believe in the kingdom work that your church is doing through god's power and that's why you give now just translate that to what you're doing whether you're a member of a um a a greek organization or a public service organization you believe in the work therefore you give you know what i you know, because you know I'm a pastor. So yes. every Sunday after we give, my prayer is always this. God, I thank you for every giver, every donor, every philanthropist, every tither, because you put it all in the same level. Someone who does not know that they are a giver now knows that they are also a philanthropist. They are yes. also a donor. They are also a tither. Yes, because it's all, it's, it's, uh, it's all synonymous. It's all synonymous. I give because I want my church or my community, my organization to have access to the lake, not a fish. I I love, that's going to stay in my spirit. Girl, I love love it. It's my mantra now. Girl, I I love, I have never heard that before. And when she said it, it just, it silenced the room because everybody was like, wow. (laughs) Because, you know, normally what you hear is, you know, yeah, I can give you a fish, but I can also teach you to fish. I can give you a fish, but no, what she's saying is, mm-mm. give I, me the lake. Give me the whole lake. I'll figure out how to fish. Like, I'll <laughs> give me the lake. And, I'll figure and, out how to get my rod in the water. You just give me access to the yeah, lake. Exactly. Exactly. That, that I, I loved it. And that has been sticking with me every time I speak to someone. Now I'm like, no, are you giving me a fish or the lake? Because I don't I want love it. fish. I mean, that's that's a very powerful, and that will change people's hearts and minds when they think of it that way. Right? Because they're so used to, well, we'll just teach people to fish. No, no, no. Way. And guess what? <laughs> and guess what? I don't want to learn how to fish. <laughs> and, and to be quite honest, I, I only like two or three different types of fish anyway. But now, if you give me the lake, now I, I can. I can hire somebody that knows how to fish and fish what I want to eat. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. 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 I um, I will say this, though. Um, when you all started to, to become your own um, foundation, community foundation, um, um, it must have been a little bit scary, oh. a little bit overwhelming. Uh, and, the, and the fact that there's only three, three in the whole country mm-hmm. says... We, we got some catching up to do. 
So are, 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 do you know if other places are trying to do this too, are in the works to do that? Like, how do you, inv- how do you invite people in other places? Oops. Did I break? I think I froze. Um, there you are. Can, Can you, you hear me? Now? Okay, now yeah, I hear you. Yeah, oh, I so, yes. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, That's I all right. I, I think I heard up until you said um, it was scary. It, and um, how do we get other people to? How do you how do you get other communities to think about community foundations? Gotcha. In their community, how do right. how do you how do you inspire? Because there's only three in the nation. I mean, that just seems obscene to me <laughs> it, it, it's very um and one of in our, one of our earlier descriptions of the tpf um we actually said tpf is a bold idea you have to be extremely scared of how great this could turn out not it's not scared of doing the work be scared of how great it's going to turn out because in greatness you you can never you should never be able to picture or imagine what that greatness looks like. Mm-hmm. It was literally seven of us sitting around a table with just post-it notes, writing out what is wrong, what can we do, but more importantly, how can we own the story? We have to teach black communities to keep their story to themselves a little bit. I get that we want to overshare but we cannot overshare all of our ideas because then it will be taken from us and duplicated and renamed something else. Mm. So be bold enough to step out on faith, but be bold enough to not be able to see what it's going to look like. I, I had no idea as a, as a person sitting around the table thought that I would be the executive director always imagine somebody else doing that work. I had no idea that, you know, we would be to this point where um, we are still just one of three. I pray that there are other com- pockets of community of people who will consider opening up a community foundation that is, you know, served by black people and um, operated by black people. I absolutely, but you, it, it takes, it takes a whole lot, you know, for the first, I think six years, I really wasn't even paid BAPS. How many people will do this kind of work and not get paid? Whoa. Right. That's a commitment. I, right. Listen, I know. I Listen, I know. I mm-hmm. spent my whole and, life doing stuff like that. Right. And, right. <laughs> and then, you know, eventually moved into the consultant role where, you know, they were able to um, uh, uh, give me a stipend every month, but it wasn't anything compared to the work. And and so you you have to be bold enough to be be scared that it's going to be great, mm-hmm. not scared that it, that it'll fail. It just there will be a lot of failures and successes along the way. And mm-hmm. I just I just pray that people and and we also have to be um, be mindful that you will have to put your own money into it first. <laughs> okay. People see you put your money in it; they'll believe you. I I think, I think you're right about that. Mm-hmm. I think you're, I think you're absolutely right about that. Um, cause that, that speaks to commitment and, and your own sense of, I believe, I believe in this for myself right. first. Right. Right. So I, I like that. Right. At church, the pastor has to be the first one to tithe. <laughs> you know, I never think about that, but yes. yes. 
And, and you know, we're the only industry where we have to tithe where we work. <laughs> and you don't tithe to your radio station, right? No. <laughs> we have to tithe where we work. <laughs> I love it. I, lo- I, lo- I love that I'm getting all this, this new information about, you know, believing in, in believing in the ministry, but believing in, in a fun that you want to be your legacy. I, I love this for black people. Yes. You I know, know, I love it for black people um, because we have a lot of stories, as you say. And there, and there are things that people want to leave a legacy for. Maybe they lost a child or maybe they had an extraordinary grandmother or right. maybe they see little kids going to ballet school and they want to make sure that little girls can still, or little kids, boys and girls, can go to ballet school long after, you know, this this moment in time. Mm-hmm. So, I, so there's so many ways to think about how to do this and what you do it for. Right, right. Mental health, uh, that was another one that we have a few donor advised funds, um, especially now that we are just starting to feel a lot of the residuals from being locked in during the lockdown for the, the pandemic. Yeah. We are just, our children, I, I, am, I have been given so much grace to youth like I've never done before. Like I've always been a cheerleader for youth, but my level of grace has increased because of the lack of socialization they lost for a year and a half. And I even will stop a parent or not so much stop a parent, but just inspire them to say, listen, they experienced something we've never experienced before. And the mental health needs to be talked about more with our kids because for, for a year and a half, all they had was virtual friends. They did not have in-person friendships. And then even when they went back to schools, they had to look at each other through masks. So they could not even see a smile. They could not see smiles of their teachers and, you know, for safety reasons, of course, but we have to realize that they just lost so much time of socialization. They need grace. And so when we, when we talk about the donor advised funds, there's a space there that we can make sure that if a child needs mental health um, or they need a therapist, but their therapist that they found that matches them, looks like them, but does not accept insurance, we should be able to have a donor advised fund set up to say, hey, Dr. So-and-so can see your daughter. I, I We're going to cover it through our donor advised fund. I love that. That mm-hmm. is so powerful. Mm-hmm. That is that is really for us, by us. That really yes. is right. Right. real. I, I love that so much. So, right, you, so- saw, you saw the other day when I was asking about mental health therapists, uh, that was for that was for a parent reaching out, and I thank you for the list that you sent over it, and for everyone who responded. But a lot of times they don't take insurance, so in those cases, yeah. that's when the community has to step in and say, "Here, let me sponsor you. This is this is my donor advice fund. This is what we're going to cover the first three sessions, whatever the case is." Mm-hmm. I love that. That mm-hmm. is for us, by us, for real. Right. I love it. So, so before I let you go, we got about I don't know five six minutes. Arcel, talk to me about where the future of this, of the Prosperity Foundation, where do you want it to go? What do you want it to do? What's what's the wildest dream for it? Wow. The wildest dream is looking back, and I assume maybe from heaven or even (laughs) if I'm still here, whatever. That's just how crazy I am. I don't have to see it, but I know it. To be able to look back and I see Black communities 
compared to, not compared, but living just like we see our Asian community, our Jewish community, the collective coming together and really being for us by us first, not last, watching us bank at Black banks that are in our communities, shopping in Black stores that are in our communities, um, eating at our restaurants. And I'm not saying just one chicken spot. I'm saying several chicken spots. I'm saying several hair salons. And all of this happening in our community, we are owning our story. We are owning our legacy. And we are owning the fact that this, this, this country that was built on our backs is still ours. This is still ours. And this is still our, our, our moment. And so that, if I think about what does it look like if I look back, if I had to look back from the in, in, um, from years from now, I, I just want to see Black excellence in everything. Yes. I, you know, my, my favorite thing to say now is Black is luxury. <laughs> black baby is luxury. Absolutely. Black is luxury. That's right. So, That's so right. I'm saying it everywhere I go. Yep. Exactly. And then, and, and again, it's also to make sure that we, we just like we have to go into other communities and support them. We have to do that as well. We have to invite other communities into the black community so that they'll see that this is really excellent. A story and a narrative that was created for us is not our story. And we're starting to do that, but we have to, we have to really take charge of our narrative, our story and really share it in a way that honors our ancestors and honors our history and honors our legacy. Mm. And with that note, we are celebrating um, Black Philanthropy Month. And uh, it is good to see you, Reverend Orsela Hughes, the executive director of the Prosperity Foundation, where my fun lives. Yes, girl. Thank you very much for being a partner in Black Philanthropy. Oh, no, girl. The Prosperity Foundation. Thank you. You know, you know, let me tell you something. I had forgotten it was a year ago until it popped up in my Facebook feed. Because I was thinking it was September. So I was in my mind like, okay, I need to probably raise a little more money and start getting in gear. And then it popped up in my Facebook memory. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's yep. <laughs> yep. August 2nd, 2021. Yes. And I you saw are- it on the porch. I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> and you are endowed, girl. A year later, you are endowed. And I'm that's very happy. The beauty. Thank you. Thank you and your team for walking, holding my hand, answering my questions, walking me through this, sending Mm -hmm. out my thank you notes. I'm so, (laughs) so grateful for, uh, for the opportunity to do this. It it really is one of my, it feels like one of my greatest accomplishments, Mm. I must say, in my whole life. I never thought I would be one of these people. And here I am, one of these people who has a... Who, who is, I can add philanthropist. You about to say, you said the words right out my mouth. I'm going to say, make sure you add philanthropist to your titles. Yes, yes girl. Yes. I'm a, when I, I, so when somebody read it, I'm going to look them like, put it in there so I can hear it. Yes. So I can hear it. I mean, right. I, I love all the other things, but to hear philanthropist, it's just, it's just a dream come true. Proud of you, Babs. Very proud of you. I'm proud of you. So thank you so much. Thank you for this time. You always leave space for Black excellence, and I'm glad to be in your circle. Oh, I love you, girl. And I will see you out here in these streets. Yes. All right, love. (laughs) Thank you. All right, Harry. Play us out. And y'all, you know what? Support Black Philanthropy Month. Y'all know how to go find the Prosperity Foundation. They're on the uh, Facebook page. They've got... I think y'all have an Instagram account. Do you have an Instagram account? Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. 
Yes, yeah, so go find them and uh, be be about it. So thank you. I'll see y'all soon. Be black. Be good. (laughs) Get black. (laughs) Thank you, Harry. Thank you.